0: And welcome to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. Now I know that you know that we like to talk to a bunch of to a bunch of different coaches and and people like that. Today we've got a very special one because we're going to talk about a subject that a lot of people are scared of and don't really know how to deal with and that's money. And uh before we go there, we're going to talk about uh Eric, who's got all kinds of money. He's he's a rich guy over there. I, How are you, Eric? (laughs) I wish, but uh, from from your lips to uh, God's ears. You're going to be famously wealthy one day, and being a musician the way you are, the things that you do, you're going to be awesome. I think that's the case for me not being wealthy, (laughs) being a musician. But, you know, hey, I'll I'll, I'll take uh, those positive thoughts. Uh, Yes, and that's what the show is all about every day is positive thoughts so and positive talk of course exactly and uh by the way just so everybody knows i will be talking more about this but on the third of uh november unless something's gone wrong there's a new album coming out that uh that i'm going to touch bases with eric later on in the week uh just just so that he has a little moment because uh, I've known him for twenty years. He's a fabulous gentleman, and I'm very excited for him that this got this is coming out. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, well, you're welcome. You're welcome very much. We've got a great show for you today, and we're going to be talking about the thing that is so intimidating for most people, and that is money. How to manage it, how to deal with it, and how to how to live your life and feel confident in what you're doing and uh, we have a great guest for you today her name is patty handy and she is a financial coach for women um she spent 20 years as a financial advisor a mortgage advisor um she's worked uh, as an executive coach a certified life coach she holds a real estate broker's license and she's also an author she's published four different books and um in full disclosure, she's also a chocolate-holic. Um, so, hi, Patty. How are you?
1: Hello, Kevin. Great. Thank you. How are you doing?
0: Just great. Thank you very much. And uh, I also like my chocolate a little bit. Um, but I'm too cheap. I don't buy the good stuff. Do you buy the good stuff?
1: Sometimes I splurge. Sometimes <laughs> I splurge. Yeah, regular, it's it's the, you know, grocery store stuff. But I love my sea's candy. I love my Godiva. But... I try to keep it in moderation because
0: it can be dangerous. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I'm excited to talk to you today because uh, we have a lot of women in our audience that are either fall into one of these categories. They're either divorced or they're widowed or they are single by choice. And oftentimes when you are out there trying to figure it all out by yourself and how money works and how, best to utilize it so that you can plan for your retirement and do all the kinds of things that you really would like to do so you can live your life to its fullest extent you do that and you're also a life coach for people you help them uh live their lives just a little bit better so thank you for being on the show i appreciate it
1: yeah thank you for having me so first off i've got to ask what instrument does he play
0: oh he's a, he he plays guitar he writes and he sings
1: Nice. I need to hear some of that, but okay, I digress. I was listening <laughs> to the introduction. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to know what he plays.
0: Exactly. And and it's not it's it's not very often that you have an album coming out, uh, because he he also is the producer of the album. And so it's really is quite a feat of and a financial feat at that to get all that done because it's it can be expensive to put out an album.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for him. That's great
0: me too me too so when we talk about and i specifically and i i hate to i hate to put this into gender terms but it seems to me and i I can only speak about women that i've known in throughout my life and that is a lot of times they defer to the man in their life to take care of the money and to make sure that it's all going in the right places and stuff but when that is no longer an option, it can be really intimidating to work with money, can't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, there's the common theme that I hear over and over. And I heard this both when I was a financial advisor and as a mortgage advisor. And it is um, my husband took care of the money. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. And now that he's gone, whether it's by divorce or, or loss, um, I'm overwhelmed. I'm embarrassed. There's a lot of fear. And it's, it's just uh, the paralysis of, I don't know where to, even where to start. And um, yeah, I just really have a, a passion to make sure that we empower these these ladies with the financial knowledge they need and that they just feel comfortable talking about it and managing it and investing it. You know, it's not this taboo subject. And I think it's just so uncomfortable because you just, you know, they generally haven't done it before. But once they learn the mechanics of it, it's actually pretty easy. It's not, all that
0: complicated Truly. It, it it can be but if you if you like go to a um uh i, I have um um t Rowe price is one of the places where i have my money and you get on there and you look at their things and then they come up with all kinds of terms that you have no earthly idea what they mean yeah. and and so it can be very intimidating from that point of view and once you know the it's kind of like being a lawyer i think once you know the jargon that it's easy to figure it out, easier to figure it out. But uh, a lot of times um, we shut down because we're not, it, it seems so complicated and, and so difficult to understand. And, and at least that's been in, in my world. Is that is that kind of in your world too?
1: When, like with anything, if, if you weren't taught it, if you didn't learn it in school, if you didn't learn it at home, and you're suddenly introduced to this topic it's going to be overwhelming yes there's going to be a lot of new lingo that you hear and jargon thrown around um there's a multitude of uh, you know funds you can invest in and there's all the uh you know the, the online noise the news noise and it's just yes it could be too much but if you break it down into just understanding some of the simple um common terms and how it plays into your world and then look at the various ways you can invest in the market. Um, and once you understand and you, and you learn some of those simple mechanics, it really is you know simple. You don't have to get involved or invested in all the products and understand all the various pieces of all the products. You don't understand. You don't need to know all the mechanics of how the market works. I mean, that's just that's that's what the the professionals are for right it's about choosing some of the funds that make the most sense for you given your timeline to whatever your goals your dreams your risk tolerance everything else um and then just staying true to your course um but it's, there is a learning curve at the beginning there is a part of okay i need to understand what a mutual fund is what a index fund in index fund is and the difference between those two um an ETF, which is an exchange traded fund, and I'm throwing some lingo around simply to say, okay, there's three different types of funds that I just mentioned. What's the difference between them? And so it's it's about just getting that knowledge, learning that, and then you're like, okay, now I know it. Now I get it. So even if you do decide to work with a financial advisor, or if you decide to self-manage your, your assets, you you know what that is. And so when someone's talking to you, you can just feel more empowered and, and understand what that you know really addresses.
0: You know one of the things that I have always found really bizarre to me is that we go through school we go through high school and sometimes college and nobody ever talks about things like how to how to manage your life like how to balance your checkbook mm-hmm. what is a checkbook what 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 do yeah. you <laughs> What, yeah. it, what goes into savings? what goes into to uh, um, checking and, and all of the you know it can be confusing for folks if they don't understand. and yeah. credit card interest and compound interest and all of those right. terms that they throw about that can right. be very, very destructive to your financial health if you don't understand them, right?
1: Oh, 100 uh, percent. I would love to see financial literacy taught at the core curriculum level in high schools and, and in college for sure. The good news is that we are seeing some of that start to kind of trickle into the schools, which is great. Um, but there are so many life skills you know, on that subject, life skills that are necessary to really empower kids to come out of college or high school, feeling like they understand just life. I mean, like how to interview, how to shake a hand, how to make eye contact. Um, how to deal with somebody who's angry, how to deal with, you know, um, a colleague who is emotionally charged or, or you know, whatever. There's so many things in life that um, we aren't taught how to handle that would be, you know, gosh, just so instrumental in, in our ability to just do better in, in our work life, our personal life and everything. And, of course, the financial piece, for sure. Um, but, yes, I 100% agree
0: you know i i got i can only speak from my own experience and my my kids experiences and stuff because when i was growing up credit was a different thing than it is now mm-hmm. and uh um my my sons easily can go get a credit card and can go get two credit cards or three credit cards and they they you nowadays you can walk into a um a uh, department store and they'll say, well, you get 10% off today's purchase if you buy this credit card or if you put it on your credit card and stuff.
1: Right, right. But they don't
0: tell you the the nuts and bolts of how that actually works. So right. it's it's like my one of my kids um came to me and said, I got this credit card, it's great. Um, and it's only twenty-five dollars a
1: month. Oh my gosh. Is and that a I, moment, you mean or the at the, the fee?
0: The uh well, it's not the fee, but the the, the, minimum, the payment. minimum payment okay. was for what he bought, and he okay. bought several hundred dollars worth of stuff, okay. and and it was well, you know where I'm going with this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It
0: was that the, the minimum ahead. payment is so low? It's twenty five dollars a month. So why not put a little bit more on there and a little bit more, and then it goes to thirty five, and then forty five. And I said, I hate to break it to you, but it's going to take you ten years to pay that off and you're going to end up paying more in interest than the principal of what you actually bought. And it was like, what? so (laughs) could you talk about the credit cards a little bit and, and how best to utilize them?
1: Yeah. Credit cards. If we can teach our kids how to use them and what that means, it's going to be, Oh my gosh, such a game changer, you know? So, so first of all, most of us don't even know what interest rate our cards are charging us. And if you're paying your card off in full every single month, which I, you know, is like the ideal, obviously the ideal situation, the, the interest rate doesn't matter because you're paying it off, you know, in full and you don't get charged interest. But if you're carrying any kind of balance, um, that interest rate, which is 20-25%, sometimes you know more, depending upon your credit score, um, is being added to that balance. So if you find this super duper sale for a laptop uh, of a thousand dollars, it's normally a two thousand dollar laptop and you're making the minimum payment only that laptop's going to cost you a lot more than $2000 over over time if you just make that minimum payment and it will take you you know many many years to pay that off and we know that we always add to our credit card balances so that minimum payment goes you know even higher so yes we have to sit down with um and, and they should make this a requirement where they sit down with the person who is taking the card out and understand the power of compounding interest and how it works against you when it comes to the credit cards, because it works for you when you're investing money. But that same you know, negative works against you when it's working um, in a um, situation where you're carrying a credit card balance. So it is absolutely critical to understand the mechanics of that interest over time and how that can backfire. And if they understood the interest rate was 20, 25%, they would go, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. I will not do that so yes however let me let me do a caveat to that it is um absolutely important to understand that you need credit to build credit and you need a good credit score to you know buy a house buy a car have anything on 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 credit so you do have to have credit but if you have you know if you're using it poorly and you have a bad credit score, well, that doesn't help anyone, right? That only hurts you. So, um, and your credit score that's a whole other topic we can talk for an hour on. You know, That's your report card to the world. If you have a poor credit score, you're gonna get terrible interest rates on your home, your car, your, I mean, if, if you go to um, rent an apartment, they're gonna pull your credit. If you, some employers pull credit every employer that i've had some i've been in the financial world for many many years um they pulled my credit because if i can't manage my own credit i can't manage a client's right so um yeah the credit score is is huge so you've got to have credit to have a credit score and you've got to manage that credit well and part of that is knowing how to work with your credit card
0: let me see if i understand this correctly and then you can you can uh, you can fix any errors that i'm liable to say okay. <laughs> Which is, in you know, if you are if you pay everything cash, and you happen to have a good enough job where you don't ever need a credit card, you don't get a credit card, uh, your credit score is going to be fairly low because you're not using any credit. They have no nothing to compare you to of somebody who is using credit. But if you do get, so if you decide, I'm going to go get a couple of credit cards, and then you decide, well, you know, I'm a little short this month, or we want to go out to this nice, really nice place to dinner, and it's a little bit more than you anticipated, a couple of drinks too many, all that kind of, so you (laughs) say, well, I'd rather not take this out of my checking account, so I'll go ahead and put it on the credit card, and then I'll pay it off at the end of the month end of the month comes and you're like when i'm a little short i'll just make the minimum payment so many of these go on Mm. then then you can have a lot of credit but what affects your credit score is the amount of credit you use versus the total credit available to you am i right so far
1: yeah so the um uh those are, those are a, few, a few points that you made. So you want, you have to have credit and that doesn't mean outstanding balances. That means that you've got credit available to you. So you've got a credit card like a Visa or MasterCard with say a $5,000 credit limit, that's having credit. Now, if you use the card and you don't pay it off in full, then you are tapping into what's called a utilization ratio. So the utilization ratio is the difference or the, the, I should say that not the difference, it's the the amount that you have outstanding on the card divided by the total outstanding line available to you. So if you've got $1,000 that you have on your credit card as a balance and your credit line is 5,000, that 1,000 divided by 5,000, that's your utilization ratio. The credit bureaus like to see your, your credit utilization ratio under 25%. And if you start to creep up over 25%, your score is going to be impacted and it's going to go down. So the credit bureaus are going, "Ooh, this person's putting more on credit. There must be something happening in their life where they need to pull more credit out. That's a red flag. So your credit score is going to go down. Now, if you use and pay and use and pay in full, which is one of the first things I tell people how to build credit, um, is use your card and pay your gas on it. Everyone uses gas in their car, right? Well, today there's it's, 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 it's electricity. But if you, if you need gas in your car every single month or a week, whatever, you put gas and you charge it and you pay it off. That's actually showing the credit bureaus that you're responsible with your credit. So you can use that credit as a way of going, look, I'm responsible with my money. I can use and pay and use and pay in full. And the type of credit is also very important. The credit bureaus don't love the department stores. They don't like to see a bunch of cards that are all department stores on your on your on your um, your credit report. They they like um, a mortgage, of course. They like to see installment loans, like a car payment of sorts or a student loan, and then um, a couple good credit cards, like a Visa, Mastercard, American Express, Discover. They don't love seeing all those those other various kinds of credit, like the furniture stores that say, Oh, buy your couch and zero interest for, you know, two years. And then, you know, that, that actually hurts your score. So try to stay away from that. And there's all kinds of fine print with those situations as well.
0: Well, one of which is, Oh, don't worry about it. You can buy these windows for your house and you don't have to pay us anything for 18 months. However, they accrue interest yeah. from the time you make the purchase. So if you don't pay it off in eighteen months, they then add all of that interest to your loan. Am I correct well, in that?
1: That's correct. That's correct. That is that is why I say watch the fine print. So the um, unless there are some nuances with an individual stores. For the most part yes they are accumulating interest from day one and if you don't pay it off before that that time period's up they're going to slap you with that payment and you're going to go wait a minute where all this interest come from and that's the fine print and that's why try to stay away from those
0: and that can be substantial because what they tell you is it's a zero percent interest rate for 18 months but they don't tell you that the regular interest rate is 24 percent And that's what they're going to add to your outstanding balance at the end of 18 months, which could actually double the amount of your loan.
1: It's crazy. It's crazy. That's why you've got to do your due diligence. You've got to make sure you ask the questions, understand the nuances of whatever it is that you're buying, and absolutely positively make sure you pay that thing off well before the 18 months. Don't wait to the last minute you know, get that thing paid off as quickly as possible. And if you don't think you can pay it off in 18 months, you just can't buy it. I mean, it's really that simple unless it's like a new tire for your car because, you, you know, you have no choice, but they don't do that for tires. <laughs> so, but the point is you've got to make sure that you understand the, uh, the, the fine print of what it is you're purchasing when it comes to, to credit
0: by the way, we are talking with Patty Handy and go to pattyhandy.com and you can talk to her. Uh, you can, she's got a couple of money programs that you can access. She's got a free ebook that you can get, and it's all designed to make the, the minefield and the mystery of money disappear. Yes. yes. So
1: yeah. that
0: that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Cause I think that, this can be well, heck, i've known I've known people that have repeated the same mistakes and then had to go into bankruptcy um uh, yeah. more than one time, which yeah. is which is horrible, and you never get out of that
1: right, yeah, and it's um it's interesting because a lot of that really comes from or stems from I should say the um our money mindset and our relationship with money and how we um, perceive money, and that's learned, you know, in your childhood. And if you don't have an understanding and a, a, a good handle on that relationship, that's going to create these these bad habits and these belief systems that you have about money. And that's why you see these things recur, you know, over. And um, it's it's a dangerous thing until you get to the root cause of your understanding your your money story.
0: How do you help people? do what apparently is hard to do which is live live within their means
1: well there's a couple things that we do one is we um when i work with my clients i i i want to understand at, at the at the foundational level what their relationship with their money is so we go through some some exercises to understand what their money story is what they learned growing up if they look at as, as, at money as, as as a fear or there's a lack or there's a scarcity mindset or if there's an abundance mindset do they look at opportunities and possibilities being everywhere or what is it that they've heard growing up and and that understanding of that of that foundation is a is a critical part understanding what it is that is making them live above their means because oftentimes when they're living above their means it is connected to oftentimes an emotional trauma or an emotional situation there's emotional spending there's certain triggers that are happening um, that make them want to spend and then they realize oh shoot that was a mistake i shouldn't have done that um, and it's this recurring thing over and over again so it, it also i mean there's so many moving parts to that question but one of that is the money story the other piece is understanding their why So if their why is um, I want to have this item because I need to or want to prove to my neighbors or the world that I have more or am more or something, there is something going on in their heart and their head that is needing that affirmation from an outside source versus going, you know what, my financial freedom day and my financial peace of mind, And my ability to give to my family and provide for my family is far more important than impressing the neighbors. Okay. That's going to help them focus and stay below their means and understand that, you know what, I, I want to live a peaceful life. I want to live a financially abundant life and it's far more important for me to have that. And so I'm going to live below my means. I'm going to build my wealth for the long term so that I can either retire early or donate to a cause that I love. Or take my family on a trip to Italy for a month, or you know whatever it is that feeds your heart. Um and that is part of your why. And that why is far greater and far more impactful than trying to impress the world or impress your neighbors that you you know are living this certain life um when in fact you're're you're not. So it's really it's a lot of a lot of soul searching. There's a lot of internal work that needs to happen.
0: I uh, agree with you. I know so I know. <clears throat> personally people in my in my own world who do this one thing and we're we need to take a break real quick and when we come back from this break i want to talk about the reality of emotional spending mm-hmm. where you're feeling badly uh, you, so you want to make yourself feel better um at least this is my uh, my thoughts on it uh you want to make yourself feel better. So you go out and buy something because in the moment you'll feel better, but then the bill comes and you no longer feel so good. We're talking with Patty Handy, and she is a financial uh um coach and she helps people get through some of those things. Um, and uh we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW.
2: Do you need to boost your sales? Join our partnership program. Each quarter we promote 10 partner businesses. What will you get? The company will produce one 30-second video for your business. Your website links on positivetalkradio.net and kmmedia.pro, one dedicated podcast or radio show per month, one video Instagram reel, one YouTube short, one 60-second clip for social media taken from your interview, and at least one commercial airplay per show. All podcasts and video commercials are within the fabric of the show and will remain in the show forever. Visit kmmedia.pro to book a consultation today.
1: When you want to say more than words, communicate you can
0: with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is NaturalDesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal.
2: For being our appreciated listener, you can use promo code PTR20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order. NaturalDesign.com at your fingertips today. We believe in the power of telling your stories. We want to help yours be seen and heard. At the Pacific Northwest Collaborative Magazine, our purpose is
0: to connect you to your community. Let's begin by celebrating the accomplishments of local artists featured in this brand new digital magazine. Here, you can learn about opportunities to creatively come together and support our local community and neighbors through the gift of art and service. If your business or organization would like to take part in this magazine, message us on Instagram at PNW.Collab. You can download our free digital magazine at KM Media Pro today.
2: Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. and welcome back to positive talk
0: everybody my name is kevin mcdonald and you are listening to patty handy she is a financial coach and she helps people kind of get their act together where it comes for money and because it is and by the way just as an aside if you have too much money you can call me or email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro. And I'll be happy to take some of that off your hands for you so that you don't have to worry about having so much money. Uh, that's just a thought. That's very
1: generous, huh? generous of you.
0: Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll take the responsibility and the burden of taking care of that money. Uh, of course you don't get it back, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> One of the things that um, I really want your opinion on, because as a as a financial coach, I'm sure you run into this a lot. I have um, I have somebody who's close to me, who, when he's feeling depressed or feeling sad, um, and is or lonely, and he doesn't have anything to do, he'll go shopping. I've never understood that concept, but some people do this, and it's called emotional spending. um can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, well, it's very common unfortunately um we call it retail therapy and <laughs> it, it's, yeah. and it's it's a it's a true it's a, yeah it's a it's a real thing um and there is those triggers, and it it really applies um to what I've mentioned before, which was the the money story that we have and those limiting beliefs um, so emotional spending is very common and it's oftentimes a result of like you said um sadness depression anxiety uh, oftentimes fear sometimes even happiness if something good happens then you wanted to go celebrate which is which is you know wonderful but um it is a dopamine hit it's a quick fix it's like, oh, gosh, I'm feeling sad today. I'm going to run to the mall. I'm going to go just, I'm just going to go window shop. And then suddenly you find something and it's like, oh, this is great. Or today it's too easy to shop online, right? You jump on Amazon and you can always fill your cart with all kinds of things. It's it's, it's, it's way too easy. It's made way too easy. And there's so many, you know, with all the ads that come through our, our social scrolls and everything else, it just makes it so easy to purchase. And The unfortunate thing is that when that bill comes more times than not, there is a sense of remorse Going, Oh my gosh, why did I do that? Why on earth did I even do that knowing I couldn't pay for it? Now, having said that, if you are in a situation where you um, had something in your life that was a celebratory, like let's say you landed a new client or you just celebrated a, you know some some event it's okay to reward yourself in a celebratory manner as long as it's not outside your financial comfort zone if it's something that is you know crazy expensive that doesn't make any sense I and mean, then you can afford it if you have credit card debt and you're dealing with trying to get yourself out from underneath that debt then no you shouldn't be going and spending that you can do other celebratory things that are rewarding um but to your to your point kevin it is very common it is something that um and they actually have financial therapists i'm not sure if you knew that but financial therapists yeah who actually go deep into the um just the, the the deep emotions and the and the and the deep feelings of what it is that's triggering that but it is a very um common problem and and there are certain things that I can do as a coach to help someone navigate that. And part of that is just to create an awareness and to to be mindful of that situation. And then they have to want to change that. They have to be coachable and want to actually improve in that area. And it's part being accountable to me and accountable to themselves in the process of that. Um, But one of the things that I say is when they're in that mode, they're ready to push purchase or they're chopping or whatever. It's like, do I need this or do I want this? If I need it because I need it, then that's one thing. But if I want it, just I want it, you walk away, and then three days later, you be, you revisit it and go, Do I really still want it? And is it worth the the cost of my financial freedom day? Is it, is it was it worth the risk to my end result of financial freedom at retirement, or taking care of my kids, or making sure I don't run out of money so my kids have to take care of me? you know, whatever it is that's in your in your world or going on in, in, in your particular situation, but you need to stop and process that. And that takes a very aware, mindful mindset to go through that, um, to break that habit. Now, if you have a shopping addiction, much like a gambling addiction, that's also something else. And that's where a financial therapist will probably be needed. Um, because addiction is one thing, it's different than... A dopamine hit because you just are feeling sad and you want to go buy something so there is the, the, there is that that you know that separation
0: and i would like to make this clear for everybody that department stores car dealerships other places where you can spend money they're very well aware of this particular phenomenon and they build some of their products and some of their offerings to make it seem You can buy this even though you don't need it. And it's painless because you can just get this credit card, you see. And we'll give you X number of dollars to put on that credit card. And then you you just pay $10 a month. That's easy. But that's, again, they're setting you up to fail, aren't they?
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. And and when you go into those stores and they say, oh, get 10% off your purchase by opening this card i always say no thank you you just have to politely decline every single time now the only well let me let let me back i'll back up for for 10 seconds if you're purchasing a large ticket item like you're buying a refrigerator that costs two thousand dollars because you need a refrigerator like mine just died and i had to replace my refrigerator which completely sucks but i digress (laughs) but if you're buying a big ticket item and you're going to home depot and they're saying we're going to give you 20 percent off your purchase today if you open a credit card and you're going to save 400 bucks Okay, open that credit card and then pay the card off and then cut the card up. Don't close it because your credit history is important and you don't want to just uh, open and close, but cut it up and don't use it. So um, if a situation is, you know, around where you have to buy a very big ticket item and you're you're saving a lot of money, then maybe. But if you're at the department store and you're buying some clothes and you're going to save 10, 15 bucks, no, don't.
0: Well, and that's that's the other thing is that that uh, if you are spending that that kind of money, and then you you have the ability to not use that credit card again, that's a good thing. But um, and trust me, these these department stores they will close your credit card if you don't use it after a period of time. Yeah, important. yeah. Uh, actually,
1: even the Visa Mastercards, uh, if you don't use it for a number of years, they will close your card. Yes. And that is unfortunate because that affects your credit history. 10% of your credit score is your credit history. And if they close the card, you lose all that history, which is unfortunate. So um, ideally you don't want that's why I say don't close cards. People say, oh, I'm going to, you know, close my cards. I don't use them anymore. I'm like, well, how old is it? Because if it's an older card and you have all that history, you don't really want to do that because you will see a dip in your score. Uh, most likely just temporarily, but you will see a dip in your score if you close your cards
0: and and talk about a little bit if you would we've talked a bit about your credit score but your credit score really is an important piece of of your history um mm-hmm. uh, that as you, as you said earlier it can affect your on a, your employment it can affect a, a whole different range of people that pull your credit score um and you might not even know it and the, the other thing that i wanted you to talk about too is when you're co-signing with somebody else or Hmm. something like that, they'll do what's called tell us the difference between a hard credit score pull and a, where they, it doesn't hit your credit score.
1: It's a soft pull, Yeah. So if you are out shopping for a car and you're sitting with the finance guy, he's going to pull a hard credit. If you're buying a piece of furniture, um, at a a, a store, furniture store, and you're going to put it on credit, they're going to pull a hard credit. Um, That's when you really get dinged on your score, especially if it's in a very short period of time. If you go to a car dealership and then a couple days later you go to a furniture store and then a couple days later you go to a department store, that's when your your score goes down. Those are actually hard pulls. Um, A a soft pull is not one that's going to hurt your score. So um, you can go once a year to annualcreditreport.com and have your credit pulled and, and not affect your score at all. And you can see your credit report. And I do encourage people to do that because more times than not, when I was in the mortgage business, so many times we found errors on the credit reports, um, that weren't theirs. There were errors on the car on, on the credit report. They were charges, collections, various things that were not the clients. So they needed time to unpack all that and fix all that. And that, got very tricky when they're in the middle of escrow trying to buy a home. If it was refinanced, it, it wasn't as big of an issue. But if you've got a an escrow closing in 30 days, you don't have much time to fix that credit. So it becomes kind of chaotic, um, which is why I say pull that credit, especially before you go looking for a home, make sure there's no errors, make sure there's no mistakes um, and understand what your, what, what your score is. Make sure that it's all it's all very accurate. Um, but yeah, be very careful. Don't let anyone pull your credit unless it's absolutely imperative that they do that. And if you are car shopping, um, don't have them pull your credit until you absolutely positively know for sure that you are going to go through that credit bureau or that, that, that car dealership and uh, you're going to go through that finance guy. You're not going to buy it through your credit union or you're going to not buy it through your bank um, and use their credit because too many credit pulls are, are are not good for sure.
0: So some sometimes if you're like... Uh, searching for a car, and you may get to the point where you're sitting down with the financial guy, and one of the things that he's going to do is pull your credit. Now, if you go to two or three or four different car dealerships, because all you're doing is shopping at that point, you can get your credit score pulled three hard pulls, three or four or five different times, and in a short period of time, that's got to be. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah,
1: you you definitely don't want to do that. Um... If you if you go to annualcreditreport.com, pull your credit, get your credit score. Actually, there's a small fee to get your actual score. But if you go to that dealership and you say, I've pulled my credit, my score is this. Give me a price based on this. And when I decide to buy the car for sure from you, then I'll have you, then, then you can pull my credit. And then oh, you can really go to each each different you know, car dealership and say the same thing. But no one should pull, you should not have your, your credit pulled more than once. When you know for, again, 100% certainty that you are going to be using that particular finance uh, company through that car dealership.
0: And so that becomes part of the conversation that you should be having with your salesperson, which is until and when I pull the trigger and decide that this is the car I want and you're the dealership that I want, you can then pull the credit score, but not until then.
1: Correct yeah you definitely need to let them you you need to you need to control that narrative with that person for sure for sure now something different when you're buying a home oftentimes people will shop lenders for the best price and a lender can't really give you a price or a, a rate i should say um until they know what your credit looks like and what your credit score is so in, a, in that situation, the credit bureaus know that you're not buying three, four, or five homes. And I wouldn't encourage you to shop that many lenders. If you want to shop, you know, two or three, um, in a perfect world, you find someone that you really like and you trust and you know, and then you just go with them. But if you want to shop price, um, we, we use price in the, in, in the as the term in the mortgage world. But when you feel a like shop rate um, and you have credit pulled, you know, within a two-week period of time, buy two or three different lenders the credit bureaus look at that as one pull because they know that you're not going to buy three homes that you're just rate shopping for a home but if you do at a car dealership you know most likely you're not buying you know two cars but you might be so they look at that individually
0: you know speaking of um, mortgages and 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 home purchasing if there is really a big deal right now with the interest rates
1: oh yeah Uh,
0: because the interest rates two years ago were about three percent and i heard on friday that they were There are some of them that are at like eight percent uh talk about what how that that five percent difference can affect the long-term price of your month-to-month payments
1: yeah it has definitely uh been having an impact on the real estate market for sure um the the word is, and we don't know, I mean, I can't predict the future. Nobody can. But the um, indications are that we're going to see the interest rates kind of come back a little bit um, over the next few years. So if you're taking out a loan today at 7 or 8%, you aren't necessarily stuck in that loan for 30 years. You can refinance that in a couple of years or a year from now when the rates come back down and then get back into a, you know, four, five, six, whatever the interest rates will be. There's no way to know where that's going to look like but you're not stuck in that you know situation for the term of your of your loan but at the end of the day you're looking at the payment you're looking at what is the payment that i can make comfortably without being house poor that allows me to pay my other bills and have a life and then you work backwards from there as to what the sales price is how much home can i afford given this payment if the interest rate is this and this is the payment that I can afford based on this interest rate that equates to a home purchase price of this. And then that's when you go looking for a home and you know what price point to, to stay in.
0: So now Patty, if somebody wants to come work with you, is there that, is that some of the advice that you can give them how to maintain a good credit score, how to be aware of some of the pitfalls that, that are out there and they're put out there intentionally in some cases, to deceive you—not necessarily illegally, but just worded in a way that makes it sound much better than it actually is—is—is is, is that some of the things that you are able to help people with?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Much of my conversations are about the, um, you know, rebuilding credit, building credit, staying on your on your credit game. Um, also buying a home, and if you're buying a home on your own, and what does that look like, and what do lenders look for in terms of underwriting? I will help doing do, do some of that you know calculation for you. Um, it's nice to have an independent third party who's not connected to the commission that a, a mortgage advisor will make. It's just here's a, here's the numbers, and here's what makes sense, and here's the questions to ask your mortgage advisor. Um, so yes, I absolutely work with them uh, amongst the investing side and the money money story side and. Uh, it's it's very holistic what, what I do with, in terms of money coaching.
0: And we haven't even, you know, that's a that's a whole nother show if we're going to start talking about the stock market and and that, that sort of thing. But I would like you to mention or just talk about the difference because everybody's got a 401k these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may be the only way that you're funding your retirement is to put money into your 401k and hopefully your employer's matching a little bit of it. Yeah. And so that you can gain some. But there's a difference between a 401k, a straight 401k, and a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. Uh, can you explain the difference between those two?
1: Sure. A 401k is, is similar to a traditional IRA in that the that, that tax consequences. So when you put money into your 401k at work, they give you a tax advantage today because they're not, you're not being taxed on that 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 donation, if you will, a contribution to your, to your 401k. And then if your employer matches it, it's, it's free money. So you get a tax advantage today. When you go to pull it out retirement, it is taxed as ordinary income. You're, when you pull it out, it's ordinary income. And most people think, okay, that's great because usually when I retire, I'm gonna be in a lower tax bracket. Well, you might be. We don't know where the tax brackets are going to be, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever it is when you're going to retire. So um, there's advantages today from doing this traditional 401k or a traditional IRA. A Roth is you are not getting any tax benefit today. There's no tax consequence or tax advantage today from that contribution to your 401k or to your Roth IRA. but when you pull money out, it's, it's growing all these years tax-free. And let me back up for one minute. The On the regular 401k, it's growing tax-deferred. So you're growing, 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 growing. It's all tax-deferred. And when you pull it out, it's ordinary income. With a Roth, it's growing tax-free. And when you pull it out, it's tax-free. So you don't pay any tax on that all that growth that you've had over the years. And the other caveat that's really important is that um, there is no, it's, it's the short name is RMD. It's required minimum distribution. So right now at age 73, there is a RMD, which basically is the government saying, okay, you've been growing your money enough. We want some of our money back. They make you take money out of your, your regular IRA. And there's a calculation. It's kind of convoluted, but they, require you to pull money out of the um, traditional IRA at age 73. With a Roth, there is no RMD. There's no requirement to pull money out. You can let that continue to grow as long as you want it to grow and then give it to your kids and they get it tax free. So a Roth is a beautiful thing. And within a company's 401k plan, if you have a Roth option, some companies offer that, some don't. But if you have a Roth option within the 401k, um, I would highly, highly suggest that you look at that. It's going to de- you know, somewhat depend on your current tax bracket. I mean, if you're in a super high tax bracket, it may make sense for you to go with a traditional. Um, but talk to your CPA and have that conversation with them to determine which one makes most sense. But at the end of the day, a Roth 401k is a beautiful thing because all that's, again, growing tax-free.
0: Well, and... Just as an aside, if you are in a better tax bracket and you're anticipating having more funds accumulate in your lifetime than you'll use, and then inheritance, because you mentioned that, inheritance comes into play, and so it's better for the kids to be able to get the uh, Roth IRA because the taxes are already taken out of it, and so it becomes less of a problem for them. Is that right?
1: Well, it's it's growing tax free. Yeah, they they will um, basically inherit those those balances that that account tax free. So yeah. there's no taxes to be paid. Whereas it's ordinary income on a traditional four hundred one k or traditional IRA situation. That's that's taxes ordinary income, which is your you know your higher tax bracket.
0: So that makes sense if you're going to do that. I hope that I hope that helps. I hope that clears up. Uh, some information for somebody, but there's a lot more that we need to uh, go into and discuss if um, someone would like to get in contact with you. is your website the best way to do that?
1: yes it's just patty handy it's patty with the i so p a t t i h a n d y dot com and there's a contact page where there is a uh, a calendar on there, and if you want to book a call, I do offer a complimentary thirty minute conversation. Um, but the website will give you all kinds of information as to what I offer. I have a, I do one-on-one coaching and I also do a, I have an online curriculum uh, in there as well, Minding Her Money.
0: And you also have a ebook that you have, that you have uh, set aside for people to get. And it's only uh, uh, three payments of 500. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> the ebook is free. It's free. Oh, How it's could free. you do that? That can't be right
1: yes it's a free ebook uh it's it's women soaring solo uh it's a financial guide um and it's a uh, yes yeah, on the home page you just scroll down a little bit and you download it right there um and then there's a short uh what uh training it's a master class that i did I did a five-day masterclass and I condensed it into a 35-minute video. So there's a short training afterwards as well, which some, with some great information uh, that I talk about on the money story and some other tax and, and and investing um, strategies and stuff. So great, great training to watch, and that's all free.
0: Perfect. That's and thank you for giving our listeners something back. Uh, we 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 really appreciate it. And, and you know, don't let money defeat you. And what I mean by that is don't hide from it. it's not all that comp- if I can figure a lot of it out, it ain't that complicated. trust me um but uh it is important that you take care of yourself so that and you said this again, I'm you know getting a little bit more seasoned as I go along, <laughs> and uh I want to make sure that I have enough funds in my in my scatter gun, if you will to be able to take care of myself and not have to uh, rely upon my children to take care of me. Cause they got their own things going on.
1: Yes. Yes. One of the most common things I hear from, from, from ladies is I don't want to run out of money and be a burden to my kids. That's one of the, that's one of the top fears.
0: Yeah. And so it, it behooves you to, to really have somebody look at your stuff and to see where you're at and to give you some some safe, depending upon where you are. I mean, if you're 30, you can throw heck to the wind and you can invest in a lot of different stuff. But uh, uh, if you are getting to be, you know, in your 60s and you need to take care of your, your, your finances and set yourself up for the retirement years, going to a financial coach would be a really good idea, don't you think?
1: I I would agree with you, yes. And, and what we do in our 20s and 30s will set us up for either an earlier retirement and more successful retirement. Those habits are going to be uh, just a, so imperative. So, yes, yeah, sit down with a financial coach, get those things in place, and just get empowered with that knowledge.
0: I just got a couple of seconds left, and I'm not going to burn you with this. And you can tell me, go fly a kite, mister. I'm not going to even talk about <laughs> okay. this at all. And okay. that is... I, I I've had people say, you know, you know, if you if you buy this this new thing, it's called a bitcoin, and it, it you you can get rich from buying bitcoins. And I said, Well, what's the value based on? Uh what do you mean? Well, it's gotta have some value of something. No, it's just the value of the Bitcoin. It's like, well, what's and it's they can't tell me. And so yeah. I, I've, uh, I, I don't personally, and you don't have to say a thing, I don't recommend doing that.
1: Yeah, I always say that if you cannot explain a particular investment product to a fourth grader, you shouldn't be investing in it yourself. <laughs> I don't think anyone can, can explain what a Bitcoin or crypto is clearly and, and succinctly. Um, and if you feel like you wanna just dabble in it, take whatever money that you know you can afford to lose, like you're going to Vegas and just assume you're going to lose it and if you're comfortable losing that money it's the 500 bucks and you want to throw it at bitcoin go for it but only if you can afford to do that and know that you you know if you're if you're okay with losing it then then fine that's like a trip to to, to vegas um i don't encourage it but if that's something that you just want to get your toe wet in then put in only what you can afford to lose
0: uh, so that's why i don't go to vegas either because you know when you're gambling or when you're doing something like that look at it this way how long if you're working your normal job how many hours are you going to have to work to make that five hundred dollars back
1: right and
0: and that might give you an idea what you shouldn't do yeah that's darn right we work too hard for our money um patty handy thank you so much for being here go to pattyhandy.com talk to her. She knows what she's talking about and she can help you out. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today.
1: Thank you, Kevin. It was wonderful. I appreciate you having me.
0: You betcha. And you need to come back because finances are something that we all could learn more about.
1: I'll so, be back. <laughs>
0: very good. And you, by the way, this is positive talk radio. We'll be back Wednesday at uh, 4 PM and then Friday at noon and then at three. So hope you'll stay with us for those. And by the way, Be kind to one another, because each other's all we've got. We'll see you Wednesday at 4.